All right, guys, welcome, <laughs> welcome back uh, to our coverage of Swarm Part Two. Um, so we're gonna talk about episodes five, six, and seven, which were very interesting. We saw more about Dre's backstory from her childhood to with her mm-hmm. adoptive parents. Uh, we saw Dre from a different perspective, which came from episode six. We heard more about that the things that Dre... episode was trippy. It was. We heard more about things that Dre had been doing that we that were not um, represented on screen. Like, we found out she had been working with people that we didn't even see. Yeah, it was... How best to put it? It was like a true crime series, as yeah. you described earlier. And... I just thought it was a really interesting episode. It had honestly really reminded me of Donald Glover's previous show, Atlanta, of how there are just certain episodes of Atlanta that just totally steer away from, like, the main story of characters, that it's just literally side quest, as I would like to refer to those kinds of episodes of Atlanta, that it's, like, just absolutely nothing to do with Ernest and Paperboy and Darius. That, like, I'm sure, like, you remember some of, like, those wacky side episodes. Like, the reparations episode. And, like, that one episode with, like, the, the extremely white passing, like, biracial boy. And then Kevin Samuels was in that episode. <laughs> <laughs> no. But, yeah, like, that the Swarm episode 6, a true crime series, it had really, like, reminded me of that because we get to see like the show in a different perspective it's a true crime series and there's this um she she was a private investigator or a news reporter she was a detective detective she was a detective loretta, okay loretta green and she's investigating um andrea green's murders but what makes this episode so interesting is that dre isn't played by dominique fish back in this episode that dre and marissa have like completely different faces you have yes. to say Basically, it was a mockumentary. It was like a documentary. Basically, it made it seem as though the show Swarm was supposed to be a dramatic retelling of a true story. And this episode was supposed to be a documentary of that true story. Because even in that episode, there was like an interview mm-hmm. with Donald Glover himself talking about how we going to make this show. And that, like, that he's working with Amazon Prime Video like to make this like Andrea Green like um biopic series like about her string of mirrors that he's working with Damson Idris, Chloe Bailey, and Dominique Fishback. Yeah, so this episode was just I really enjoyed it. I really I know if people didn't like it because it seemed though it took away from the main plot, but like no, it actually was the plot. Because even in the next episode, they talked about her running on stage at the Ninja concert. Talk about like the whole plot of the next episode within within episode six, which mm-hmm. goes to show that that Dre really is an unreliable narrator because half the things half the things she does we don't see, and the and it also plays see, in. Oh, I'm sorry, you can finish. I'm so sorry. The things we do see is just like hallucinations. Like in episode seven, you know, if you've seen the ending you know that she made it on stage and like Nyjah was like come with me you know but from episode mm-hmm. four, but from what the detective tells us in episode 6 she got arrested 
Right. So. It, it literally it said that like a Nigel fan runs on the stage and she's arrested, which mm-hmm. we would obviously assume that that's Dre. Yeah. And then to your point that in the last episode when we see Dominique Fishback's version of Dre leave with Nija in a limo, like cu- just like cuddled comfortably on her lap, I just think it's also very like symbolistic and feeds into how delusional Dre is. Like that's how it ended in her perspective, but of course in reality she was in the back of a cop car. Yeah. Yes, for sure. And I really, it's, oh, you first, you first. I really love episode six. Like, it just provides us the truth. Because right. all we've seen is Dre's delusion. So, yeah, you go ahead, friend. Oh, right, yeah. Um, okay, so with the true crime episode, I think it's so interesting because to your point, it's pretty much a show within a show like the true crime episode it's pretty much supposed to represent like the real world of swarm but like the but but swarm the show that we are watching you know me and you as the audience it's like it's it's like to your point that like a show oh my god how do i even explain this it's so complicated like a show within a show it's like within the real world of the swarm universe that they are like telling like something as if it was a true story that happened in their universe and you know aside from that i think it's also really like poking fun of hollywood that you know that they're they're just have this like weird fascination with like giving serial killers like their own like biopic series like most recently Jeffrey Dahmer and I know that like Zac Efron played Ted Bundy sometime yeah. back it's just a weird string and I know Ross that Lynch, Ross Lynch was also a real life serial killer whose name that I don't remember it, and they it was Dahmer. he played Dahmer too oh so Ross Lynch also played Jeffrey Dahmer he played Jeffrey Dahmer oh. as a teenager and Eric Peters played him as an adult. And Jeffrey Dahmer, that's... Would you like to talk about that in this episode to kind of see how it overlaps? Or do you want to say that for a different episode? What? Talk about Jeffrey Dahmer? Yeah. Um. Okay. Basically, as someone who is also into true crime, and I've seen my fair share of biopics... You know, some of them are really good and respectful towards the victims and the victims' families. And some of them are not. Like, basically, the the movie with Ross Lynch as Jeffrey Dahmer was based on a comic written by one of Jeffrey Dahmer's friends from high school, which is called My Friend Dahmer. So that was Ross Lynch's portrayals as a teenage Jeffrey Dahmer in high school before his murder spree. I haven't seen the whole movie, so I don't know how it ended. But yes, that was the premise of the movie. But the That's thing definitely with something. Yeah. And I've I like the most recent true crime biopic I watched was The Staircase, which is on HBO Max, which was so good. It was ooh, it was good. Now, anywho, the thing about Evan Leader Evan Peters 
um, portrayal of Jeffrey Dahmer is I watched the show. I got to like episode four, I believe, but um, I've read Jeffrey Dahmer's case up and down, listened to like numerous videos and podcasts about it. And when I saw that, that he was actually like portraying the actual deaths of his victims, it was like, whoa, that's kind of crazy. Like, to have someone's actual murder being reenacted on screen is kind of insane. And it makes perfect sense to me why Evan Peters had to get therapy after, like, all his roles. Because, um, what's his name? Um, dang it. Hold on. It's okay. Take your time. I'm literally drawing. Of, you're you're referring to one of the victims? No. I'm referring to the... Ryan Murphy. Basically, Ryan Murphy, who is the creator of shows like Glee, American Horror Story, Scream Queens, The Jeffrey Dahmer Show, Pose. Mm-hmm. His his discography is very vast. He also made The Watcher, 911, all those shows. Anywho. The one with uh, Angela Bassett, right? Yeah. Um... He constantly is having Evan Peters play this role of a murderer. Even from like season one of American Horror Story, he was playing Tate. I was about who, to say, he was a, wasn't he a school shooter in that one? Yeah, he was a school shooter who shot up a school. And then Susan, he just like continuously plays roles where he's a murderer when he is working with Ryan Murphy, which makes sense why he had to go to therapy for that show. I'm sure he had to go to therapy for, for Dahmer too. That's like an intense role. You are in the shoes of Jeffrey Dahmer, and you are react reenacting these murders, which and is crazy to me. You know, Jeffrey Dahmer, he wasn't just an ordinary school shooter. Like, he had mostly targeted, like, young black and brown boys. Like, mm-hmm. I heard, like, one of his youngest victims was, like, a, a 12-year-old black boy. I think he was 14. And, like... You're probably right, but... Filipino. Don't not fall off one another. I don't know. But it was a very young boy. A child. And yeah. um, actually, the crazy thing about that part was the child was able to escape. Right? He had been, like, chained up and abused and stuff, but he was able to get out. Right? But he was, like, mm-hmm. delirious because it, he had been drugged. But he was able to run out of the apartment where Dahmer was torturing him, and he saw the police were there. So he, like, ran to the police and he tried to get the police, he tried to tell the police his story, get him taken away. But then Dahmer came out, and he was like, oh no, you know, we're just doing gay stuff. And the police were like, well, it's not said, of our hands. You said gay stuff? Yeah, he was like, we're just doing gay stuff. And the police mm. were like, well, out of our hands. At the time, I thought you said, I thought you said, I thought you said date stuff, like D-A-T-E, date stuff. No, gay stuff. And at the time, the era where this was happening, People were incredibly homophobic. So if the police didn't have to deal with anything gay, they were like, well. Yeah, they were just like, whatever at the time. He's like, okay, carry on. It's just too queer. Oh, speaking of, the 14-year-old boy, actually, Dahmer had raped his brother, too, before he killed the boy. It was like an incident. I don't know if it was a year before or a couple months before. But yes, he was involved with the boy's brother. 
but the boy needs a job. Oh, he needs this is the job. boy's brother. I thought you said Jeffrey Dahmer, like he raped his own brother. So no, 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 no. So he he didn't have any siblings. Oh no, he did have a sibling. He had one sibling. Okay, anyways, anywho. But um, continue, continue. He would he assaulted the boy's brother, right? Mm-hmm. But a couple months later, the boy needed like a job and some money and stuff, so he decided to work for Dahmer, and then right. obviously Dahmer killed him. Which is messed up. Mm-hmm. Also, the police, the police who allowed the boy to go back in the apartment with Jeffrey Dahmer, are still in the service oh, of course they have a twitter account they have like facebook accounts that one of them was like a chief or something i don't know did they but it's have disgusting. much of a reaction did they have a reaction per se to this reenactment from the netflix series i don't know um i didn't see anything i mean they haven't like been on their social medias in like years so because one thing we know for sure because you know, to your point that, like, the Jeffrey Dahmer series, like, had not gotten the consent from the victim's families, which mm-hmm. is just baffling and disgusting. And, you know, we know that, like, a lot of those families, like, sued the Netflix. And I just kind of wonder, did those two cops do the same thing by any chance? Or they don't care? I don't know. I don't know. But even if they did sue Netflix, what are you going to do about it? You've right. been exposed, boo-boo. Mind right. you, I don't understand how they even let him go back in the apartment with that man. This boy looks like a boy. He's like a child. How old was, excuse me, how old was Jeffrey Dahmer at the time? It was maybe in his 30s? Maybe like late 20s, early 30s? I don't know. Hold on. Let me look on the iPad. Take a time. Oh, so he was like 20-something. But he 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 looked older than the boy. The boy was obviously a minor, so I don't know. Those cops deserve something. They deserve something for sure. Anywho, yes, the mockumentary. I mean, not the mockumentary. True crime documentaries and biopics are a very um, prevalent, proper topic in this day and age and i really think it the like they've always been made but i think they really became popular for the majority of of the public after tiger king came out i think that's when people were like oh crap we love these and they started pushing them out like crazy because i'm pretty sure i can definitely see that yeah i'm pretty sure they're making another one about the killer clown um you're talking about the clown that will go to kids birthday parties and like lure them in and kill them right i think it was like in the 70s john wayne gacy yeah in chicago he killed 33 young men and boys in chicago um no sorry um i'm listening to you i was just in this really deep thoughts for a second um Hasn't Monster been renewed for season two that they're trying to make us some sort of serial killer anthology series that, like, the second yeah. season isn't going to focus on Jeffrey Dahmer. It's going to be, like, a new... I think it's going to be the killer clown. Or somebody else. They're probably right. 
Yeah, I think I think it'll be John Wayne Gacy. I don't know. I mean, listen, the thought of a serial killer anthology would sound exciting if they if it was approved by victims' family members. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's just I'm just not down with it personally because you know, aside from like romanticizing and sexualizing serial killers, which let's actually get into that for Oh god, like, we need to. We need to get into that because just because this man is played by Evan Peters does not mean you can make sexy edits about him. Evan Peters has a plethora of other characters. That's what a plethora I'm saying. like you like you could have made edits of like Quicksilver, but you decide to make like these like thirst trap edits of Jeffrey Dahmer. Like, it's weird. And people are like, oh, well, they shouldn't cast attractive men as serial killers. Well, that's not true because half of these serial killers were attractive men. Objectively, obviously. I'm not attracted to these men. But these... these yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Different. That, like, people have this common misconception that, you know, all serial killers are just, like... Ugly. Ugly, rat-looking dudes. But, like, they could look like some of the most, like... Prince Charming dudes with like a crap ton of money. Yeah, or they can be broke but be hot. Like Richard Ramirez. Like, oh no. god, the amount of like sex mail that man got in jail. Ew. Something is wrong with y'all. Right. Something is seriously wrong with you. Like have you ever seen American Psycho or Kristen Bell? Yeah. That's a prime example. Like he was a really like wealthy, like corporate Wall Street guy, like charming, handsome dude. And then he was a psychopath. <clears throat> so I, the problem isn't casting attractive men to play the serial killers. The problem is y'all girlies get your panties in a twist. Like, no, because I was really trying to contain myself, like from lashing out. From like, I remember like in my speech class that there was this group of white girls that were like speaking. Like, aside from sexualizing Evan Peters as Jeffrey Dahmer, they were just admiring him or glorifying him in some way because that he's being himself. And it's just like, it really makes you wonder, friend. It's like, why do people love, like, serial killers like Jeffrey Dahmer? And... I had came to the conclusion maybe it's because in some sick way they see themselves in Jeffrey Dahmer. Like, they want to do, like, these things that will be perceived as, like, terrible and evil, but of course they're not brave enough to do that. So it's like when they see Jeffrey Dahmer doing it, like, on screen through Evan Peters, it kind of fulfills his sick fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was there I uh, there was a lot of TikTok videos about like people relating to Jeffrey Dahmer based off of the biopic. It's like, what are you relating to? Which relatable? Right. Do you want to chop off somebody's penis and turn them into a zombie? Is that what you want to do? Do you want to stick their head in the freezer? Is that your mo? Like, what are you relating to exactly? What's relatable here? Which relatable? Yeah. Um, they need them. They need them. Um, the mental hospital socks, real quick, <laughs> really fast, like immediately. <laughs> Anywho, oh my god, we are so off topic. 
<laughs> we are, but I think it's honestly. I mean, I think it could technically like kind of overlap with the with the, with Swarm since you know Dre is a serial killer. But I feel like the main distinctive difference between you know Dre and like Jeffrey Dahmer, for example, I feel like I'm also not down with like making these biopic series about killers like Ted Bundy or Jeffrey Dahmer because I feel like they are profiting off of like the victims families like having to like relive the recreations of these traumas like to your point friend i think it would much be better off as a documentary like why would you want to recreate something like that like you gotta be a little sick in the head yeah no the recreations were very detailed like as i said i've read jeffrey dahmer's case before and it was like wait a minute this is actually what happened i'm sorry this is actually what happened, like, down to a T, basically. I was going to say, you know, as I was saying, comparing Jeffrey Dahmer to a fictional character like Andrea Green, it's like, that's the main difference between the two. Andrea Green is a fictional character, and they're not profiting off of anything, like, truly based in real life. Now, yes, Janine Neighbors and Donald Glover had taken inspiration from real-world cases, but, of course, they're not going to, like, directly reference that if that makes sense like they kind of put their own little spin on it mm-hmm. and For sure. yeah um and i feel when you make these series about jeffrey dahmer for example it's like and i feel i mean i'm gonna say it most of the people that will go and find this show or just a bunch of white people mostly like i really didn't see too many black and brown people tuning in like to see like these young black and brown boys like get killed and eaten by this like psychopathic man i tuned in because i was excited initially because the concept of it was like whoa you know true crime mm-hmm. like you're like biopic type thing like it was going to be a fictional like recreations but like once i saw how realistic it was to the actual cases it was like whoa this is kind of crazy and building very it was very sick in a way because like wow and building off of what i said if Jeffrey Dahmer was killing anything else that's happened to black and brown boys, like, imagine if he was preying on little white girls or little white boys. They would not, like, you know, tune in and, like, hype up this Jeffrey Dahmer show like they are now. Mark my words. Well, they would. You think because so? Ted Bundy was Yes, Ted Bundy was killing white women. True. Uh, John Wayne Gacy was killing... John Wayne Gacy was killing white little boys. Yeah, you're not wrong about um, that. I don't know. No, they definitely would. Just the same thing with like the guy who made that murder hotel. Like, pe- like true crime is always going to be an interesting topic, regardless of the race of the victims or the race of the perpetrator. Well, actually, the race of the perpetrator does matter, but and the and the whiter cases are more sensationalized. Oh, this white man's killing these black boys. Well, you don't care about the black boys being killed. You care about the yeah, white th- that was pretty much what I was trying to get at, to be honest, because it's like, you know, when these black and brown families, like, are speaking out against Netflix not getting their consent, of course no one cares. They just want to be entertained. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a problem. It's a big problem. Um, and, like, um, I'm sorry, friend, I just need to get it off my chest. But, like, um... And it's like, 
I don't think there's anything wrong with like serial killers and slashers in movies. We've seen it ever since like Michael Myers, like you know what Halloween all the way back in like 1978. But like I said before, those characters are fictional, so I don't feel it's appropriate to like paint Jeffrey Dahmer in this picture that he's an entertainment horror slasher like Freddy Krueger or Michael Myers or any of those sorts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the way they the way they were trying to in the show came across as trying to understand Jeffrey Dahmer's past and like how he got to that point, which I wanted to be a criminal psychologist so I could understand, you know, criminal psychology, how they got to that point, why they were murdering and stuff. But to see that portrayed on screen, people like for some reason the white people were feeling sympathetic towards him. But like I don't understand how you can be how, how you can feel sympathetic towards this man when you're literally seeing him murder people on your screen. That was also another really big gripe that I have with the show being a biopic series. It's like, why are you trying to make us sympathize with Jeffrey? It just doesn't make sense. Like, they're really trying to Hollywood him into, like, a movie slasher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't... The, the issue isn't true crime itself. Because true crime is always going to be an interesting subject to our society. It has been ever since we could pay to see people get executed. Right. They were, like, in the square in, like, 1663 watching Mr. John get hanged. Or watching the witches get burned. Or so people are always like going to be fascinated by death. Like the lynched or whatever. Mm-hmm. People are always going to be fascinated by death. People are always going to be fascinated by true crime and murders. Like the Lizzie Borden case. People are always going to be fascinated by it. But you, there has to be a line in the sand between your fascination and your entertainment. Because these people did not die for your entertainment. I think it's also weird to be fascinated with it in itself, if you ask me. I think there should be a thin line of, like, being interested in these true crime documentaries for simply education purposes. But to say you're Jeffrey, but to, to say, yeah, but to say that you're fascinated by Jeffrey Dahmer, side-eye. Yes. I don't know. Fascinated is very, it's a weird word. But it is interesting. But to say that you're fascinated it means that you are in some way entertained. Yeah. It but, is an interesting case. Let's get back to Swarm, though. Um, okay, so with the last episode, I th- it was definitely wasn't I was expecting because there's quite a little bit of a time jump that Dre has completely changed her, I guess her appearance, that, like, she's a stud now. She meets a girl, mm-hmm. um... I don't remember the girl's name. I just remember she was played by Kiersey Clemens from Dope. Oh, I know her from Austin and Alley. Yeah. She was the one who she was the one who breath stank. <laughs> Dang. And oh, you know, man. Dre ends up. Playing... Name Rashida. Huh? Rashida. 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 That was her name. Rashida. Rashida. Yeah, her okay. name's Rashida. So Dre ends up killing Rashida because. Dre gets them tickets to go see Nyjah right. as like a surprise but from the beginning of her of their relationship Rashida was like I don't like Nyjah like Jay was like who's your favorite artist Rashida said somebody completely different and Jay was like what about Nyjah she's like I don't really like her you know she's not my fave and, and, and now like we've been together I go I go meet your parents right 
and now you surprise me with these tickets. First of all, you couldn't even pay your rent. You surprise me with these tickets to this artist that I don't want to see. So they have like a whole huge argument. She calls her selfish, and the argument is basically a parallel to the argument that she had with Marissa. Like it's yeah, it was very much so like similar. You could see the similarities between those two arguments, and then she killed Rashida and burned her body, which was crazy. But in the process of her burning her body, she burned the tickets, which like really popped. And then that's when she had to go to like a shady like dude. Like in the parking lot, like to get feed nights or tickets. No, of course she killed him and she stabbed him. And she stabbed him. And, and she stabbed him. Like that's that's crazy. I was also um, you, you know, friend. I was kind of thinking about again, like how this can overlap. Did Drake kill Marissa? And we were mentioning before that Drake clearly has a fascination with Marissa. And who knows if it could have been romantic because, you know, as it, you know, as I just said in the last episode that, you know, Dre is a stud now. And it's like, you know, did she always like girls? I guess we'll never truly know that. But like where I'm going with this is that like, I think that could also maybe like put some connection that maybe she had romantic, like obsessive feelings for Marissa. And that's why like, um... you know, no one else could have her but Dre. I don't know if just because she likes girls means that she was fascinated with Marissa in a romantic way. She could be bisexual or she could be, you know, true lesbian. But I don't think that necessarily means that she has to be interested in Marissa romantically. I don't think so. I mean, she could have been. I'd say that it's not a possibility. Yeah. But I don't think that it should be, like, a reason for that. I think it's also... um interesting because you said that like um Dre's argument with Rashida was very similar to her last encounter with Marissa before she had met her demise and it also kind of makes you wonder going back to the aspect that Dre's a very unreliable narrator now like I said I don't 100% believe that Dre killed Marissa but if there is some possibility considering that Dre is an unreliable narrator like do you think that Dre might have killed Marissa after, you know, just multiple times just trying to stick it to Dre's brain that, like, he doesn't care, you know, for Nyjah as they, as she used to when they were both kids? No, I don't think Dre killed Marissa at all. I think Marissa died of a drug overdose. Mm. Yeah, it, it seems likely. But... Let's talk about the ending, though. So, it shows when Dre meets Nigel, it's Chloe Bailey. It's Chloe Bailey. Like, her, it's not necessarily Chloe Bailey. Like, you know that app everybody was using where you could, like, put your face on a celebrity's it, it, face? It was like a deep on, like, fake. A, like a chip? It was like that. Yeah, it was like a deep fake. Like, her, Chloe's face was superimposed onto Nigel's face. Which, once again, goes to show that she's an unreliable narrator again. Oh, and remember in season, in episode six, um, when people were talking, when people were doing interviews, and they were talking about um, the artist that Dre liked, like, every time they said her name, it was like, beep, like, censored. Mm -hmm. Which is interesting, which was an interesting detail. 
and yeah, like she so security like stops stops her on the stage, and then Nigel was like, "No, you can sing," which like mm-hmm. would never happen in real life, right. which just shows the final stage of like her being the Lulu. Like, girl, that didn't happen. That did not happen. You're the Lulu, and you're a live narrator. And season six, really, I think season six really opened everyone's eyes to how delusional and how unreliable Dre is. Because in season six, we see, like I said the last episode, we see the truth of what's really happening around her. Um, but, yeah, like, she like and then at the end she's like resting her head right. on Nigel's shoulder as they like pull off in a limo. That didn't happen, boo boo. <laughs> and the show ends. The show I honestly ends. like a lot of people didn't like the way the show ended, but I honestly love that it was I left did. up to interpretation. Like it just perfectly matches with the weirdness we've already seen. And it's like if there was a true ending and we saw Dre got arrested, that would have been way too predictable. But to end it in a way that in a perspective that, you know, just pretty much reinforces that she's delusional, it adds a lot more possibility. Yeah, I mean, we do know the true ending. Based on episode six, the cop Loretta Green says Dre is in jail after running up on stage and that she's going to go mm-hmm. see her to interview her. So we know where Dre is. But the Dre that we see in the show is delusional. So she makes up this whims- this whimsical ending for herself. But we know the reality, which is why I love that they had episode six before episode seven. I love that they had the, the true crime documentary before the final episode. Because it just... It, it shows such a contrast within reality and her final stage of delusions. And I love that. Nice. Like that. I really like how that works. So if people say, oh, well, it wasn't realistic. We don't know how it ended. You clearly did not pay attention to episode six. And that's your problem. Go, go. go back. I think, and I think the show, so I actually have a little bit of a theory, actually. Okay, so. Ooh. Okay, so people were confused that, like, why does Nyjah have Chloe Bailey's face? And I was thinking to myself, what if... Okay, so if you remember in the True Crime episode that, you know, we saw that Marissa had a different face because that was the real version of Marissa in the Swarm universe. Then you have, like, Chloe Bailey's version, which is, like, the show inside of a show version. And it kind of makes you Mm -hmm. wonder... What if Donald Glover was trying to represent symbolically that, you know, that, how best to put it, that Chloe Bailey was secretly playing Nigel the whole time and that Marissa, you know, didn't really have Chloe Bailey's face, but that was just how Dre had perceived her. And hear me out on this. I... You know, we keep bringing up that, like, you know, if it's anyone else that Dre is obsessed with, is Marissa, uh, aside from Nyjah, is Marissa. But why would that be? Considering that they shared their connection 
with Nigel throughout childhood. What if Ray like literally saw like Marissa as Nigel because that would be the closest thing that Dre would ever get to like considering like Nigel like her best friend. Yeah, I was pretty much saying that like what if Chloe Bailey was secretly playing Nigel the whole time that you know Chloe Bailey was never truly playing Marissa. Like like how best to put like Dre like perceives Mar Marissa to have Nigel's face because considering that like Marissa is the only like person that Dre has ever been obsessed with aside Nigel because of their like you know bonded like sisterhood like over Nigel when they were kids Marissa is the closest thing that Dre will ever have like to becoming like Nigel's best friend if that makes some sort of sense that like Dre sees Marissa as Nigel and that also adds more to her uh, demeaning. I know the theory seems a little fetched out, but that's how I had perceived it. I do think that Dre sees Marissa as Nigel because she places them pretty much on the same pedestal within her head and her delusions. But I do not believe that Marissa is Nigel. I don't think they're one and the same. Because if they are, then who was that on the posters? Who was that? Because we see posters and pictures and, like, videos of Nigel. Yeah, the show. you're right. In the very Not opening Lisa. of the series, we do see a different actress playing Nigel. Mm -hmm. Do you think it can also maybe represent that, you know, considering that Marissa died in the first episode, maybe seeing Marissa as Nigel was supposed to represent that, you know, that Dre accomplished her mission and that she got to see Nigel and meet Nigel like her and Marissa had dreamed as kids, well, sort of. Yeah. I agree with that. Oh wait, you were frozen again for a second. What'd you say? Oh, I said I agree with that. There are like so many theories pertaining to those two. How Marissa and Nigel like coincide and all that stuff. I don't know, you, you, there are a lot of ways you can take it, but at the end of the day, it's, we are still seeing everything through Dre's eyes. We're seeing things through Dre's perspective. So we will really never know what is truthful and what's not. Because she's an unreliable narrator and she's delusional. Right. So we... We don't really know what the um the what's actually going on. We just have to do the guesswork and use what we the have. Ending... And use episode oh, six. And use episode six is like our clues. It's yeah. like you know, there are like these true crime puzzle boxes that I got for Christmas. And basically you would like get a true crime case with like case files and pictures and evidence and you like have to solve it and like figure out like who did it, what happened, find this and that and that this. That is basically this show. This is like a true crime puzzle box. Right. Because we we have evidence, we have a perspective, we have a story. Our perspective and our story comes from the unreliable narrator, but we also have episode six, which gives the perspective of the detective and her evidence 
So we have to like try to fill in the the blanks and the cracks. Right. Mm. No, I was just thinking. Now that I deeply think about it, I think the ending of Swarm definitely reminds me of that. You finished that runner, right? No. Ooh, I don't want to spoil the ending then. Dang it. Um. It's okay. Well, it's okay. The ending is also very left up to interpretation. It's very much a matrix message that throughout the series finale of Atlanta, that Darius, he it was revealed that like this whole show was a simulation that Darius was like the only one that could travel in and out of the matrix like to you know learn learn earnest and paper boy like of the mistake that they might make like to correct the future and he was reliving the same day that's crazy yeah it wasn't this series finale <laughs> i was ex- you weren't expecting that at all huh please no i was not expecting i that. wish i could that's make this crazy. up friend it was so crazy <laughs> I kind of miss that They're show. They're so unserious. Oh, God. But, yeah, I mean, that just goes to show that, like, anything that Donald Glover does, like, he can literally do. I definitely want to show, see more shows by Donald Glover and Janine Majors. Like, imagine if they were to put their minds together and work on a show with Jordan Peele, like, this one big collaboration. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that'd be so fun. I would want them to make it a horror anthology so bad. I love anthologies. Like, anthologies really are my bread and butter. <laughs> I love them so much. Like, I want them to make, like, a two-sentence horror story style type of show. Right. That would be so good. Or, like, Black Mirror. But, like, with Black people. I would definitely tune into that. Speaking of Black Mirror, I know that we're supposed to get another season coming out either sometime this year or, like, earlier next year. Yeah, I know that they have the cast for some of the episodes. They have Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad, Zazie Beetz from Atlanta, a few other people. It's looking like a nice cast so far. Mm -hmm. I would tune in. I know. I cannot explain to you enough how much I love anthologies even like starting off like the twilight zone like they're just so good i see bits and pieces of the original twilight zone and black and white i know there's Mm -hmm. also the newer twilight zone with jordan peele as the host Mm -hmm. the host slash narrator yeah um but yeah like just the new episode like a different story each episode or each season like american horror Mm -hmm. story American Horror Story has a different story each season, but they're all connected right. some way, somehow, which makes it so fun. I had always, now that you bring that up, friend, I had always theorized that all of Jordan Peele's projects are in some way, some form connected to one another. Like, if you were to tell me, like, in chronological order, like, Lovecraft Country happened, then Get Out, then Us, then, you know, the rest, I would almost believe it. Yeah, I know. I love when things are connected like that. Like it makes it so fun to me because you're like, wait, how is it connected? Like now I gotta do that. Now I gotta now I gotta solve this mystery. But like, I really need to say this. Like, shout out to Dominique Fishback. Like, she really held her own on this show. And like, you know, before playing Dre and Swarm, like, 
I had seen her, like, in other smaller projects. Like, I don't know if you've heard of a movie on Netflix called Project Power. It has Dominique Fishback and Jamie Foxx. It's that movie where Jamie Foxx, was he, like, a bounty hunter or something? And I remember that, like, Jamie Foxx and Dominique Fishback, that, like, they take these, like, medication pills that gives them power for five minutes or ten minutes or something like that. I don't think I've seen it. I've never seen her act before. This is like my introduction to oh, her. Oh yeah, she's she's definitely she's, really she's definitely very talented and has range for like you know the few like projects that I've seen her in. And then another movie that I saw her in, which she was she was pretty good in a supporting role. She was she played Fred Hampton's wife in Judas and the Black Messiah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw that movie where Fred Hampton was played by Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield was also in it. It's on HBO Max. Probably not. I mean, I know the movie is pretty controversial because, you know, Fred Hampton, he was portrayed by Daniel Kaluuya, that Daniel Kaluuya, he's a British Ugandan actor, and that, you know, Fred Hampton was an African-American man. And I can see why some people, you know, would be upset by that on, on authenticity. But what can you do, I guess? And honestly, that's honestly an interesting topic for another episode. Like, you know, the dynamic of, like, like British actors from Africa or the Caribbean or whatever, like playing like you know African American characters or even African American historical figures. Yeah, I think that historical figures should be played. Yeah. To the realest extent possible. Yeah, for a historical figure, it just only seems right to be played by an African American actor or actress. Like, for example, if they were, (coughs) excuse me, I'm sure you remember back in 2016, who could possibly forget it, when freaking Zoe Zaldana did blackface, wore a 4C wig, and she literally, like, in the makeup department, like, broadened her features, because her features are smaller in real life, like, to look like Nina Simone. And not to mention that she's Dominican yes. in real life, even though, like, I know that, like, people are going to say that, like, oh, she's she, Dominican? Yeah, like, people are going to say she's Afro-Dominican, and it, and it's like, do y'all not know that she hardly claims her blackness? Mm. Yeah, that was an interesting casting choice. Also, let's not forget the time that they had that Michael Jackson biopic, and they put that white man in blackface. I remember that. That was wow. Let us remember. Hopefully, this new Michael Jackson biopic with Jafar is makes up for it because oof, I think it's, that was a hot mess. No biopic is perfect. There's definitely going to be some improvisation scenes, but I think as far as a performance of Michael Jackson himself, it's probably going to be nailed down by Jafar. Like, who's going to know how to play Michael Jackson better than? One of his own family members, and I know some of his brothers are also producing the project. I don't know if Janet Jackson is hands-on with the project. Um, I haven't seen anyone say anything about it. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if she's like talking to him about it. But, yeah. Oh, friend. Uh, really make a- oh, sorry, what were you gonna say? I said to really make a good biopic, you. It, it takes a lot, but also takes very little. 
What'd you say? No, I was just gonna say, um, so do you know who Michael K. Williams is? He was in Lovecraft Country and The Wire. He recently passed away in 2020, rest in peace. Um, he was, before his passing, he was scheduled to play DMX in a biopic, and I'm so disappointed we're not gonna see that now. I think he would've ate that down. Yeah, I think so as well. Do you think they're still going to make the movie? Um, There's never really been mention of it since after he passed. Like, supposedly, there wasn't even any casting call. Like, they wanted him to play DMX. So, maybe they didn't really have too many other people in mind. Oh. Yeah, I guess time will tell, you know? And I know that a Whitney Houston biopic came out recently, which... Did not watch it. I didn't hear anybody talking about it, so I don't know if that's a sign of a good or. Bad. I haven't watched it either. Hmm. Well, I haven't seen the... anyone talk about it. Oh, by the way, Frank, I saw can the you... trailer and I wanted to watch it. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Frank, can you tag me like on your story so I could just repost it? Oh yeah. Probably. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll take it off here. Um. But yeah. Um, wow, I don't, I don't know, we've talked about so much today. We've we really did. Topics. Like, honestly, like that, aside from Swerm, we were able to overlap other topics like all, Jeffrey it Dahmer. All, it all, yeah, like, it all could, like, we weren't, like, talking about, like, it's different random all, stuff. Like, it all kind of connected to one another, and I like that, honestly. It was a productive conversation. Yeah, if you're, if you're listening to this podcast, expecting us to, you know, talk about the facts, only the facts you are in the wrong place we will go off on tangents we will definitely get a little you, sidetracked but it won't be a sidetrack. complete sidetrack either yeah we're not like gonna go from talking about swarm to like our favorite flavor of ice cream you know unless yeah well i mean we could but because she thinks a lot of food Definitely should do an episode about that one of these days. But anyways, um, for the next episode, I have a few ideas. We have, I know that Bel Air came out today. So that leaves us with one episode left next week for season two. There is the season oh. final of Abbott Elementary, which this was a very long season. There's so much to unpack. Um, I remember we also said that we would discuss... Um, Disney's uh, representation problem, their tokenism problem, their colorism problem, like yeah. whether if it's the new Lilo and Stitch cast, we could dip our toes in Yarsha Heidi as Tinkerbell and Halle Bailey as Ariel. I think there's so much to talk about with Disney. For sure. And I mean... To our Did audience, you, you know, you can also give our request things. You can, like, send in what you want to hear us talk about. You can you can tell us your thoughts on Swarm yeah. as well. We want to hear what everybody thought. We want to hear your theories. Maybe if you, like, give us yeah, a theory, absolutely. we'll discuss it on the next episode. Um, Maybe but, other TV yeah, shows also- or movies you would like us to watch or review, because believe me, we have a long list, like... PJ here just um, finally got me to watch um, Everything Everywhere All at Once, which that movie, it was great, but so freaking complicated. That's definitely like three episodes within itself. 
it was a fever dream, but I love it. It's the rock uh, scene. I love that. Really got me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know the the movie theater when I watched it, everybody was like, "Wow, what's happening here?" <laughs> Let me take a look at our Norton list real quick. Um, episode ideas. By the way, friend, when you put horny fish and gay sharks, was that a joke or is that like a legit thing? What is that? Oh, I wanted to name one of our episodes that. Oh. Because I want us us to watch. Yeah. What do you want us to watch? I mean, if you want to, I want us to watch Shark Tales and like review it. For like funsies, Hello, but Will Smith. there, yes, um, but there is such a thing yeah, as we can definitely do and gay sharks because like on we should do a watch like, party for shark tales because like back in January apparently it's like a weird story, but back in January apparently a man was like <laughs> yes apparently like on our live apparently a man was like out on a boat or in the ocean or something i don't know but he saw mm-hmm. a raw a um, walrus there's... penis oh sorry continue and apparently they're like 15 inches or something but he was like well now that i've seen this walrus's huge peen i now have a real appreciation for nature you know mother nature is for real this walrus is packing heat Wow, yeah. nature is wonderful. I was um, apparently the water was, you know, no, you touching could. itself in the ocean, and the man witnessed it, and he was like changed forever. And there's a video, but apparently they like censored the walrus's genitalia. But that that's really? it, it was the thing. That is a horny. Aquatic animal, aquatic animal. So, mm. there are real cases of that. Yeah. Also, um, I do have to get. Well, okay. So, there's one person that would definitely love to be a guest for our Disney like discussion, just everything Disney. And then mm-hmm. there's one of my. Well, she's not my friend. She's a mutual i think she would definitely be interested like joining depending on what we talk about you might or might not have heard of her um shout out to sydney rosant um she has a podcast um called sydney safe space you can find her on tiktok and youtube and i would say she talks about quite a little bit of everything honestly like she mostly talks about like a lot of like social like topic related things um she talks a little bit about like celebrity drama, a little bit about movies. Like she's talking about Love Is Blind right now. I saw on her oh. YouTube channel um, that she she was talking about Bel Air season one. I don't know if she watched Bel Air season two, so I would have to ask her. So yeah, she can she can come on our um, on my Twitter space too. Huh? Where I, where we talk about Love Is yeah, Blind? Yeah, for sure. I would definitely need to really message her. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, because we're we're really making progress with that. I've never seen my mom um, watches Love Is Blind. 
Yeah. Our Twitter spaces are so fun. We're going to make products with that. We've, like, been in contact with some of the castmates. We've, like, emailed them back and forth. And we're going to introduce you know, some friend, castmates I have an idea. Season. Considering I... Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, considering no, no, I, I didn't watch Love is Blind. Huh? Oh, I was just going to say that, like, we've interviewed a couple cast members from the previous seasons before. So that was Ooh. very fun. Because they were messy. Like, they were spilling all the tea. It was a fun time. So, yeah, we like, our spaces are really fun. We love it over there. Y- you go ahead, friend. No, I was just going to say that, like, just as an idea that maybe that, like, you could do, like, a little takeover episode without me and, like, you know, discuss Love is Blind with Sydney because I did not watch Love is Blind. Reality TV is for me personally. It's just an idea, I though. definitely could. You don't need to do it. Also, like, we're, we're always looking for guests. So if you want to be a guest and you have something interesting to talk about, about a show that we've seen or a movie that you want to watch together, we can definitely do that. If you want to be a guest, hit us up in the DMs. Um, oh, our oh. podcast DMs, not just, like, our personal DMs, but, like, the podcast DMs. You know, make it professional. Yeah. Professionalism. But anyways, we should have ended here, friend. We're about to go over the hour mark. But anyways, until the next time, y'all, we hope that you tune in for these topics that we have in store for y'all. This is DJ and JB signing out. And before I let you go, I just have to ask, who's your favorite artist?